Welcome in, everybody. It is one week until the NFL season kicks off. Welcome in to the Fantasy Phenoms podcast. Justin Herforth here with Andrew Cook. It is Thursday, September 3rd. Andrew, one more week until NFL football. How are you uh, feeling right now? I'm so excited. I can't wait. Chiefs-Texans should be a good game. Uh, I'm expecting the Chiefs to win, or is that what you're expecting too? I mean, I think everybody is expecting the Chiefs <laughs> to win, but I think the most 2020 thing that happened after everything that's happened, Bill O'Brien with this highly controversial offseason, he comes in and he beats the defending champs after he got embarrassed in the postseason. That would be the most 2020 thing to ever happen. So I'm I'm kind of intrigued to kind of see if that is reality or not. Maybe they, like, they have some sort of Super Bowl hangover. should be a good game. I mean, it is kind of... My bet is that offenses might be a little lackluster just because they haven't really played much real competition. Yeah. So I have a feeling there might be, you know, some, a lot of, probably a lot of fumbles, honestly, from like actually real contact. But I, I think that's a highly we'll like strong possibility uh, for the most part. But we're going to get things rolling. Uh, before we start, make sure you follow us on social media, on Twitter, especially at the FF Phenoms. You can follow myself at Justin Herforth. You can follow Andrew at Phenom AC. Uh, today's episode, we'll be breaking down our Phenoms of the 2020 NFL season. If you were listening last year, you know what that is. It's kind of like our picks to really break out and make a difference for your roster. We're not going to give you like the obvious guys like Lamar Jackson, Christian McCaffrey, Michael Thomas, like like the top tier guys at that at their respective positions. We're going to give you a little bit more of a deep dive to really find those picks um, within the value rounds to really make a difference for your roster. Uh, before we get into that, a little bit of news around the NFL. Uh, actually, news breaking late last night. Uh, Leonard Fournette signed with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So, Andrew, my question to you, what happens to Ronald Jones? And like, where would you draft him after this news? Yeah, honestly, I would still draft him probably – Maybe on the 13th, 12th or 13th, just as someone that you can probably that low. play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think he'll be good for me. I mean, honestly, I think at the start he will get work maybe for the first three games or so. But I think Fournette's going to kind of start to eat into that. Um, and it's probably just going to be mainly those two in the backfield. Now... I think this could get to a situation where you just don't know who to start each week, and I'm kind of worried about that. But I would I would like, if I had to choose between Fournette and Ronald Jones, I honestly think I would choose Fournette. The only really? reason I'm saying that is... I'm on the is, other end here. The only reason I'm saying that is because I don't see a scenario where I'm actually going to be starting Ronald Jones once Fournette gets worked in. Because Jones does have value in these early weeks when Fournette isn't in the game plan. They haven't actually got designed plays for him, but... Until like until then, Jones is going to have work. But I think when Fournette's worked in, I I don't know. Are you really going to be able to start Ronald Jones on a weekly basis? Because so, I I would guess Fournette's going to get the goal line work. So yeah, I do agree. He's going to be the goal line guy. Uh, Bruce Arians actually did ease my mind a little bit. Like if you if you listeners out there are kind of in the same situation as me, I'm a Ronald Jones owner. We drafted this prior Sunday. Uh, I got him in I think the sixth or seventh round. So I I have a decent amount of draft capital invested. Right now he's sitting there as my flex. So 
I'm actually feeling okay about this. Uh, the quotes that Bruce Arians came out today, he said, Rojo's our guy. And then he went on to say, it's his job. Nothing's changed for him. We just added a heck of an insurance piece, and we'll see what kind of role he can cut out. It's Ro- it's Rojo's job if he wins it or loses it. He's already got it, so he's going to have to screw it up, and I don't see that happening. So I feel like he does have a lot of confidence in Ronald Jones. He, he's been raving about him all training camp long he's saying that he's really improved on his pass blocking he's been great uh, catching the ball out of the backfield and he's been great obviously running the ball he's not a one-trick pony anymore he can do it all on the field so he's a three like everything he's saying he's a three down back and if he goes out there weeks one and week two and he does it he's a two great games i don't really see them taking him out of the game plan and really putting Leonard Fournette in there. I see him more as like a change of pace back at that point. If Ronald Jones plays well, I think he's going to cement himself as that lead back. I think that's the key The key idea right there, though. Um, those first few games are going, going to be... It, if Ronald Jones has bad games, I do, I do not see a reason why they're going to keep him in there. They're going to try and play Leonard Fournette. So that's why I think the most valuable Ronald Jones is going to be is either after he breaks out or in those first couple weeks. Because in, in those first couple weeks, if he even is mediocre to bad, they're, they're going to probably put Fournette in there. Uh, if They're going to want to see what's happening. I mean, their offense is stacked. So I don't see a reason why they wouldn't want to try Fournette. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Either way, I think there will be a valuable running back out of one of them too because this should be one of the most high-powered offenses. But... Uh, it's a situation to definitely keep your eye on. Would you consider having both backs then? Like, if you're the Ronald Jones owner, which you are, are you trying to trade for Leonard Fournette? Like, as a league that's already drafted, I'm not going to actively go out and pursue Leonard Fournette because I know, for instance, someone's going to highly covet him. So they, like, I know, like my brother, he's the one that drafted him. He got him in the third round, so he's not just going to give him away for nothing. So I would have to give up quite a bit of value, most likely, yeah. to have that backfield. And I'm not, I'm not looking to do that. I feel pretty solid with what I have in Ronald Jones. And worst case scenario, he plays well. Someone's interested in him, I trade him. Uh, like, but I do feel pretty confident that he is the lead back as of right now, and I think he's going to play well and really cement himself. So I'm feeling fine and adjusted uh, ADP. I'm sure he's probably going to be sliding because obviously it is a pretty fluctuating thing right now uh, as we head into draft weekend. I want to see where he ends up come like Saturday or Sunday. But I think right now he's probably going like round eight, round nine, because I know I got him round six or so. So he's probably going down a few rounds. Uh, At that point, I would take a shot on him. why not? Like obviously, I'm not drafting him round six anymore because he's not like the clear cut guy. Um, but I think I, st- I still have a very high level of confidence, and I'd, I'd for sure take him at that point. Yeah, I think I think that pretty much covers the uh, situation. If you guys have questions, let us know. But it does stink if you're a Fournette owner and if you draft if you drafted him that early because his value will be lower. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't see a scenario where he has higher value than the third round. Uh, I really would not expect anything higher than a low-end RB2 season from him this year. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the same way, like same boat there. I think an RB2 season is probably the the high tier for him. Uh, I'm sure he's probably he's still within my top 30 at running back, so I, I still find, I feel fine like playing him as a flex option, but uh, I don't think he has a high-end potential that he did prior, unless something injury-wise would happen to Leonard Fournette. Um, yep. But yeah, so I mentioned before, this weekend is the biggest draft weekend Uh like for fantasy football because season starts next Thursday. So real quick before we get into our fantasy phenom segment, what are your like? What are some of your do's and don'ts for the fantasy uh, football draft? Like, what are like a few things you're looking to do? Something you're looking to avoid? Um, 
things that I'm looking to avoid. You're just basically saying tips and tricks like draft for strategy. drafters. Yeah. Yes. Uh, things I'm looking to avoid is loading up on wide receivers. Definitely. Uh, I think trying to do the zero running back strategy just isn't. I don't think that's viable, especially with how many injuries injuries there's going to be this year. I mean, you can just imagine a situation where, you know, pick any team, the Packers, Devonta Adams gets hurt. There's right there on the waiver wire. There's at least two guys that are mm-hmm. going to be starting competition sitting on your waiver wire. So to draft all these wide receivers and load up, it's just it's just not smart. I think you want to get at least and this is just my recommendation. In the first three rounds, I would try and get at least two running backs. That is flexible based on where you're picking, but I would try and get at least two running backs in the first three rounds. I'd say that's my number one tip. Yeah, and I think draft position is a great deal to do with that. I know, for example, like where your draft slot was, we were at a 12-team league. You had picked 12, so you had two of those guys at the very end of that first first uh, that turn there, round one and round two. They just popped out for you there. So you got Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler, so two studs right there. I got, I'd got i picked two. I got Saquon Barkley, and around the turn there, uh, some of those running backs are, I was looking to have slide to me. They went in the middle of round two. Uh, I landed DJ Moore there. He's probably the best value on the board at the wide receiver position. And then George Kittle sat there at round three. So obviously it does very much depend on your yep. draft. But after that, I did go heavy running back. So make that a preface. You need to go heavy running back if you do kind of sacrifice some of that top tier talent in rounds two and three. 100%. Do you have a specific uh, tip that you were looking to give out to anyone? So my big tip is look to avoid drafting the high quarterback or tight end unless their name is like for tight end like you don't draft them high unless their name is George Kittle or Travis Kelsey um they're going to go around like mid round 2 to early round 3 so i would love them at that value uh and quarterback wise i'm only taking Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson at that stage as well i know people are tempted to take like Dak Prescott or Kyler Murray in like round 2 round 3 maybe even round 4 i'm looking to avoid that if i don't get those top tier guys i'm going to wait until um almost a double digits like i i, I got Carson Wentz round 9 uh where did you get your quarterback andrew oh it was it was pretty late um it was and who did it, you get uh yeah it was pretty late and i actually drafted Tom Brady uh, mm. I would have to check which round, but it had to be, you know. I believe it 10. was almost double digits. Yeah, it, it had to be in the double digits. So he was so, sitting on the board for me, and I'll definitely take him. <laughs> yeah, and like the point is there, like, there's a lot of value on the board. There's so many sleeper picks at the quarterback position this year. Uh, you could probably even like stream guys at this point. Like There's plenty of guys on the waiver wire. You could basically play the matchups every single week. Just don't yep. lock yourself in unless you're getting one of those top guys. You can just plug and play every single week. Yeah, and um, before we get into our phenoms coming up here, uh, do you want to jump into a couple Twitter questions real quick, Justin? Sure. Okay, the one question we honestly already answered, but um, this one talks about Leonard Fournette. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's from Eric. He says, where would you put Fournette now on the rankings? You did touch on that a little bit. We talked about our ceiling. It, it's going to be an RB2. We don't have to really go over it. Low-end RB2. Uh, I'd probably have him somewhere around maybe 27 now maybe honestly probably closer to 30 uh i just don't see much of a ceiling for him are you around the same spot i am around the same spot there Uh, i think his floor is a lot lower um than ronald jones's i would definitely still rank ronald jones above leonard fournette just because he already is the guy he knows the system uh everything is in favor of ronald jones and like bruce arian said leonard fournette is, is a heck of an insurance piece so kind of temporary expectations there with fournette yeah, and um, 
obviously we talked about him a lot earlier, so we don't need mm-hmm. to go into that anymore. Uh, then the other question here is from Original Rex Jojo. Hopefully, I'm saying Love your it. name correctly. Got to be close. How would you rate the trade? How would you rate a trade mm-hmm. between Allen Robinson and Tyler Boyd? So that's the trade. It's Allen Robinson for Tyler Boyd. Um, who 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 is he giving up and receiving? He's receiving Allen Robinson. Okay, I love it then. Um, yeah, I, I'm very very high on Allen Robinson this year. Uh, he was a target monster at the end of last season, and I look for a lot of that to continue. Quarterback play is going to improve with Nick Foles most likely being the starter. Uh, he cannot be any worse than Mitchell Trubisky was last season, and yeah, he, he's two years now healthily removed from that ACL, and he's looking great. And Tyler Boyd, he's still a very talented player. I'm not going to dismiss that at all. But AJ Green is presumed to be healthy and back, uh, although that passing offense will be better. But AJ Green's going to eat into a lot of that volume for Tyler Boyd. I just think the upside is a lot higher for Allen Robinson. Yeah, I mean that trade's a steal. Even you should feel very happy that you got that trade in our league. That trade would be vetoed. Hundred sure. percent. Um, so that just shows that you got to steal. Really good trade there, and uh, even honestly, even if AJ Green's hurt and it's just Tyler Boyd, I would still put Allen Robinson higher. Mm-hmm. Granted, Tyler, it would be closer, but still. Um, all right, you want to get into these phenoms? Let's do it. Um, so right. I guess I'll kick it off then. Uh, so we're gonna we, our phenom position breakdown. We're gonna do one each at each position. So quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. So four phenoms each. We're going to start the quarterback position. And my quarterback is Kyler Murray of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so be, to be blunt here, Kyler Murray is primed to be the next second-year starting quarterback to be the big breakout. So 2019 last year, it was Lamar Jackson. 2018, Patrick Mahomes. 2017, Carson Wentz. There's a trend going on with second-year quarterbacks really making that leap to fantasy stardom. And um, Lamar Jackson definitely did it last year. I think Murray is in very good position this year. So Murray finished last year as the quarterback eight while only throwing for 20 touchdown passes. So you compare that to Lamar's 36 last year, for example. Big discrepancy there. Uh, there's definitely an uptick in uh, in the works here for Kyler Murray. There's no way he's going to have only 20 touchdown passes this year. With the improvements uh, of the offense and as a whole, you have Kenyon Drake there for a full season. You added, I don't know, DeAndre Hopkins to the offense. One you know, of the best probably, wide receivers yeah, in football. Good not, not a big deal there. Uh, so he's going to open things up a great deal. You have Christian Kirk still. You have uh, uh, Christian, uh, Christian Kirk. You have uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Hall of Famer, in the slot still. So there are so many weapons on this offense. There's no way that Kyler Murray's going to not increase those numbers, and he's still extremely dangerous on the ground. He had 500, I think 530 rushing yards as well last year. So look for that to stay around the same, if not increase as well. So I think he has huge potential to potentially be the number one quarterback in all fantasy football this year. That is definitely in the cards for him. And his current ADP is around round five. So if you are looking to get uh, that kind of that mid-tier quarterback uh, draft capital-wise, um, you don't want to wait till like I got Carson Wentz round nine. Andrew got Tom Brady in, like around like 10, 11, 12 range. Go, go after Kyler. He can be a huge difference maker for you. And yeah, just definitely capitalize on that. Then over to my quarterback. This is much, um, this is kind of a boost to someone that you can easily get. Honestly, he'll, he's probably in free agency in a lot of leagues here, but this guy could easily be a league winner just because of the fact that he in some scenarios where you might have a quarterback with a bad matchup, say you have 
Aaron Rodgers, who you have some confidence in, but he's going up, up against a really good secondary. You're kind of concerned. Well, I'm giving you confidence here to play Teddy Bridgewater for a lot of matchups Ooh. this season. It's I have not heard people mention Teddy Bridgewater's not name at all. Once. Yeah, really not at all. But this is the thing is, Justin, where did you draft DJ Moore? Um, you know, round two. You drafted him at the end of round two. Correct. If DJ Moore is going to hold that value, there has to be a quarterback that can provide that to him. And that's Teddy Bridgewater. Not only. Hey, where did Christian McCaffrey go too, huh? Oh, yeah. He went pick one. And, he's and how many receiving for, yards did Christian McCaffrey have last year? Uh, he had a lot. He just over had a thousand. Over a thousand. So th- this is not, and we're not saying, you know, we're not going out on a limb by saying DJ Moore and McCaffrey are going to have good years. Everyone already knows this, that they're going to have really good years. So the person throwing them the ball is Teddy Bridgewater. Not to mention, they still do have Curtis Samuel and they do have Robbie Anderson now. Uh, Robbie Anderson is fine. It's a fine addition. I don't think it's going to be a huge upgrade to the offense he might hit a few deep balls but teddy bridgewater is great when he throws deep even though he doesn't do it very often but the the panthers are probably going to be coming from behind a lot this season uh hopefully they're a decent offense i don't see a reason why they wouldn't be dj moore's just going to be getting better the quarterback situation is better they're not going to deal with kyle allen or cam hurting anymore they actually have a stable quarterback in teddy bridgewater i love his fantasy output that i think i'm projecting that he's going to be able to produce this year. I'm not calling him. He's not going to be a top five quarterback, but I think he can easily make be a quarterback one and win you the season. If you just pick him up during those weeks where you're kind of questioning who to start a quarterback, maybe throw Bridgewater out there. So do you see him more as a draft like late or kind of a streamer guy for the season? I think you can draft him late. If you want to go to quarterbacks, uh, I would not, I would not draft him as my QB one just because there is some risk in the fact so more that more of a matchup based guy. Yeah, it's matchup based. But the reason I have him as my phenom is because I think he can, based on his value, AKA waivers mm-hmm. slash really late round, he can have a huge return for you. So yeah, that's, that's my main reason. I like that. I like that. Uh, who's your running back? My running back then is someone by the name of Joe Mixon. Now, sadly, at the time of our draft, I had the opportunity to draft Joe Mixon. He didn't listen. And see, unfortunately, when we did our draft, Joe Mixon was still going through the quote unquote migraine issues. And the contract it's one of the was, new contract, man. Yeah, the contract wasn't done. And I had some concerns. What I was basically thinking is I you just never know with, you know, Le'Veon Bell and there's people who have sat out. You just don't want that to happen with Zeke. And how he was out for a lot of games. Um, You just don't want that type of situation to happen. So I tried to mitigate risk there. But either way, now that he has a contract, Joe Mixon is is locked and loaded as the RB1 for the Bengals. Giovanni Bernard is not going to take away his work. He's Bernard to be in there a couple drives. That's about it. But they utilized Mixon heavily last year. They were not a good team. That's very clear. All arguments... All the, when you make an argument about the Bengals' offense, it should always point towards them getting better. I do not mm-hmm. see a scenario where they would get worse. They have A.J. Green back. They have Joe Mixon coming into his next year. He has more experience, especially at the end of the last year. They fed him the ball like crazy. Tyler Boyd's still there. Joe Burrow, obviously, a quarterback. 
double Joes on offense. They should easily be able to get it done. I would be very confident drafting Joe Mixon early second round. Honestly, if you want to take the shot on him in the first, that's fine too. But early second round, I'll take Joe Mixon as my workhorse RB1. A little intermission here. So I'm currently doing a fantasy football draft. That actually just started. We're currently three picks in. I have pick six. Uh, Alvin Kamara just came off the board at pick four. We are pick five. I am one pick away. Andrew, I need some advice here. Who do I go with? So currently the top players on the board, we have Dalvin Cook, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, then Derrick Henry, Kenyon Drake, those kind of tier. Who are you looking to draft at this stage? It's pretty tough, but if Dalvin Cook falls to me at six, I'd probably take him over Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. That's just me. I don't know. You can just tie up Madison with him, and I feel like you're super locked and loaded there. There is somewhat a question mark between him and CEH. That's who I come down to, though. Michael Thomas is tempting, but is it half point or full point? You still don't know that yet? Lamar Jackson came off the board at pick five. It is a two-quarterback league, so I kind of see the value there. Wow. So the question is... mm. So so currently you still have all those guys. Michael Thomas is there too, right? Yes, he is. Is it three wide receiver? Full point PPR. It is three wide receivers. Wow. That's kind of tempting there. Michael Thomas is pretty tempting there. And you know you're going to get a good running back coming back. Yeah. I might go Michael Thomas. It is two running backs. Uh, There's also two flexes as well. I think I'm going to go Michael Thomas. I think that's a really safe pick. Yeah. If if it was a two wide receiver, I would have definitely going running back but i think michael thomas is the selection there that's a move uh we'll see what happens the way around but in the meantime i'm gonna get to my running back phenom of the 2020 season uh you went joe mixon guy around the same kind of draft capital we're gonna go josh jacobs of the las vegas raiders so jacobs is one of my favorite players of 2019 season he ran for 1150 yards and seven touchdowns had 4.8 yards per carry and this was like a very much banged up shoulder all year long. He was on an injury report almost the entire season with that shoulder. You don't like the amount of pain that man went through on a weekly basis was incredible. And how he was that productive blew my mind. Uh, the Ve- uh, Las Vegas Raiders have very high expectations for Josh Jacobs. And going into year two, they believe he can be a complete three down back, which means more involvement in the passing game. He only had 20 receptions last year for 166 yards, and he finished still as the RB21. Uh, and it's only in 13 games as well. So I have huge expectations for Josh Jacobs, playing a full 16 games, getting more work in the passing game. I don't care what format you have, half point, full point, standard, you name it. I, I love the Josh Jacobs pick. Get him probably in round two. I mean, if you have a late first round pick, I would take him there as well. He did go first round in our draft. Sadly, I would have drafted him. Uh, I was not super high on him in the beginning, but I am coming around just because it's kind of rare for where he's being drafted to get someone that safe. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, there's a bit of risk, but there really isn't risk with Josh Jacobs. The only sort of risk is you question what his ceiling is if he doesn't catch passes. But you're kind of already drafting him right where you think his ceiling could be, honestly, because even if he doesn't catch passes, he's still going to be a stable RB1 for you. He'll be perfectly fine week to week. So I yeah, love that pick. I, I, I see Jacobs as a potential top five running back. So I think you're kind of drafting him like closer to his floor than his ceiling at this point. Yeah, makes sense. And for your wide receiver, Justin, mm-hmm. uh, who uh, so, do you have? Are you really? This is an interesting pick. 
I don't think I'm bold enough to go with this pick just because I worry about the actual team. But you can explain your reason. I don't care who the quarterback is. I don't care what the team name is. The team doesn't even care what the team name is. I'm going <laughs> yeah. Terry, Mc- Terry McLaurin of the Washington football team. Uh, so typical stereotype at this point, 2020, players in Washington, they don't have very like much like fantasy upside, right? That's false. That is wrong. Terry McLaurin, one of the biggest stars of all the 2019 rookie draft class. He got 58 passes for 919 yards and seven touchdowns. That's only in 14 games. So he had an extraordinary rookie season. Scary Terry, Terry McScorin, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he's primed for a huge sophomore season with Dwayne Haskins under center. Yes, I said Dwayne Haskins under they center. They did announce that. Yes. Uh, so I like even with him under center, I don't care who's throwing him the ball. He's going to get a ton of targets this season. Lock him, lock him in to your draft and get him. Um, yeah. And what what round do you think that? What round yeah. are you comfortable taking him? Would you? Take I him would take him probably around five, round six. So okay. I was in a, I was in a, cir- a certain circumstance. Like I was between uh, Terry McLaurin and somehow Tyler Lockett dropped to me. So probably right around the tier of the Tyler Lockett stage. So probably around five, round six, we're into be comfortable selecting Terry McLaurin and McLaurin already one of the best route runners in all of football creates more separation than almost anybody. He was training with Odell Beckham all off season long and his training camp reports have been glowing. So do not hesitate. Yeah, I, it's a solid pick. I personally am a bit worried about the offense. However, you can't really doubt the volume. I see his situation as very, very similar to DJ Chark. Uh, This is another guy who's going to get volume on a bad offense. Honestly, those two offenses might be the two worst offenses in the league. I could easily see that happening. It doesn't matter. Like They're going to be down in a lot of games. You're going to have to throw the ball out. Garbage time is a real thing in fantasy football, and I don't see any better situation for garbage time than in Washington. And before we get to my next pick here, uh, any update on your draft? How's it going? So I actually just got a Oh, Josh Jacobs almost slid to me. (laughs) He's right there. So the top running backs on the board, we have Kenyon Drake, Joe Mixon, and Miles Sanders. I think I'm just going to follow suit with what you were saying. I'm going to go with Joe Mixon here. Yep, that's a good pick. That's solid. So, you have to feel pretty good about starting out Michael Thomas, Joe Mixon. I think that's a really good uh, really good start there. Yeah, I'm loving it so far, and we're going to see what happens. I, think there's a, I know Patrick Mahomes is already off the board, so two quarterbacks already off the board in a two-quarterback league. So I'm kind of curious to see how fast these guys go. Hmm. Interesting. All right, well, I'll get into my wide receiver phenom while that is going on. Uh, This is a guy I was high on last year. I'm still high on him this year. It's Robert Woods. Mm -hmm. He's not a very exciting pick. I mean, really, when you say you have Robert Woods on your roster, no one's really excited or surprised. He's just a very stable wide receiver. The reason that I have him as my phenom is I see the Rams pretty much having a similar situation as last year where they're going to have Robert Woods, Cooper Cup. Those are the two main guys on the field. They lost Brandon Cooks, so there's a bunch more targets right there. A lot of them, they might end up going to the tight end since they're running two tight end sets, but there's going to be more for Robert Woods and Cooper Cup. Mm -hmm. I just don't see a scenario where Robert Woods doesn't at least get to a mid-tier wide receiver two, uh, if not wide receiver one. He is a guy where his upside is probably capped with having Cooper Cup on the team. Uh, I don't see him as finishing as a top five wide receiver, but I think he can at least finish low end wide receiver one. How do you feel about that? Yeah, so I love Robert Woods, especially if 
like he's typically there around like round four into that round five uh, turn there. So I I love it if especially if you go like three running backs back to back to back. You need a stability like guy at the wide receiver one position. I love Robert Woods there. Uh, he only had I think what. How many touchdowns? I think he had four touchdowns last year, and that is unlike him for, however, he had a ton of targets all season long, so I feel great about that pick, because obviously that that touchdown number is going to go up. I think he'll probably finish from like that seven to eight range, and even with that, like he's going to be up towards that top tier guy, especially in a full point PPR league. Scoop him up if you can, especially if you go heavy running back to start. Yeah, and I mean, this situation is a bit similar to the Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen situation in the idea that you will have some weeks where one guy might go off with Cooper Cup. He might just have a crazy good game, and Woods, unfortunately, you know, Cup could easily have three touchdowns, and Woods just doesn't catch a touchdown that game and ends up with 70 yards. Uh, that that could easily happen, but when it comes down to Robert Woods versus Cooper Cup, who's more stable, it's to me, it's Robert Woods. I think Cup has the higher upside. We discussed this on our last podcast, but draft Robert Woods with confidence. And for your tight end, Justin, uh, why don't you let us know about the new Atlanta Falcon that you like this year? Yeah, so I love the Hayden Hurst pickup the Atlanta Falcons made uh, during the offseason. So typically one of the most difficult positions in fantasy football is the tight end position. There's actually a good amount of talent there this year. I think Hayden Hurst is right along like that mid-tier there. Uh, you can probably scoop him up towards like, that round 10 range, so that's a re- very good value there. Uh, and he's heading into a very high-volume offense, the passing game. Uh, he's entering that Austin Hooper role. Austin Hooper saw 97 targets in that Atlanta offense last year, and all reports out of training camp are saying that Hayden Hurst will be in every down tight end, which gives me a ton of top, uh, confidence to like snatch him up in all of my drafts if I don't get that top tier guy like Travis Kelsey or George Kittle, I feel extremely confident in like a Hayden Hurst pick. Yeah, and I think you know this was a guy that was drafted to be a really higher end tight end. He has the athletic profile to easily finish as a top tier tight end. You know, mm-hmm. you look at some of these guys that you think will finish up towards the top, and you know Kelsey and Kittle are obviously clearly insane athletes. Hayden Hurst. While he's not their caliber, he could easily break out, similar to TJ Hawkinson, similar to the person that I'm going to mention now, Noah Fant. These are guys Love that it. can have huge plays. I mean, we're talking Noah Fant is a very fast, and he could easily, easily, you know, break off a 50-yard touchdown catch. I mean, this is Drew Locke commanding the offense, which we've yet to see a full season, obviously, from Drew Locke, and we're hoping for the best, but. I think Noah Fant is a good shot to take in the later rounds. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to take him in our drafts, but the reason I like Noah Fant this year is that offense should be a bit better. They have Cortland Sutton still, who is a clear wide receiver one. He has the talent. We know this. They have Jerry Judy now this year. Uh, Judy may take away some targets, but Noah Fant really isn't going to be getting you a ton of targets. He's not a PPR machine. He's a big play type of guy. So, I personally, I'm looking for this big play type of guy when I'm taking a tight end, because a lot of the times for tight ends, you drop one, pick one up, drop one, pick one up. Mm -hmm. It's week to week basis. So Noah Fant is a guy that if you see him in a good matchup, if they're bad against tight ends, you throw Noah Fant out there. He can easily put up a 20 point game. Noah Fant could go off this season and I'm all in. Uh, I wish I could have got him. Sadly, I ended up with Johnny Smith. Not as excited about him. If you have Noah Fant on your roster, I'd be really, really excited. 
Yeah, and so to recap our fantasy phenoms at the quarterback position, we have Kyler Murray and Teddy Bridgewater. At running back, we have Joe Mixon and Josh Jacobs. At wide receiver, receiver, we have Terry McLaurin as well as Robert Woods. And at tight end, we have Noah Fant and Hayden Hurst. So a lot of great talent there. Make sure you go out, you scoop these guys up. It's a great, great value overall. And I'm actually on the clock in my fantasy football draft now. So, Andrew, here we go. Right. So I have a few different directions I can go here. I can either go running back. I like I love a Chris Carson pick here in mid-round three. Okay. Uh, also, there's two receivers I'm highly considering. We actually can like rank these guys pretty similarly in our wide receiver rankings. We have DG, DJ Moore as well yep. as Kenny Galladay. So out of those three, where do you go here? Full point PPR. Now, what quarterback is available since it is a two-quarterback league? So let's look at the quarterbacks. So quarterbacks, so we have like Dak Prescott, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray. Yeah, see, I'm not taking any of them yet. So maybe Um, next round, I think if Kyler slides, I might scoop him up. Agreed. Uh, So where would you go out of those three guys I mentioned? That's kind Uh, of what I'm leading at this point. Man, that's really tough. Um, Honestly, I would probably go... Chris Carson here just for the fact of it is running back team. Yeah. And it's a 10 team league and you know, say you even go quarterback next round, you're going to get really good wide receivers in the fifth and sixth. That's true. That's so true. either way you're, you know, you're still going to get a guy like Keenan Allen, Tyler Lockett, Cortland Sutton, uh, you know, T Y Hilton's a bit down there, but still, uh, yeah, I would go Chris Carson here. What are you thinking? What I'm, you I'm going with Chris Carson. You sold me. So I, yep. it is a, it is a relatively thin running back class. It is very top heavy. So I like the start there with Mixon and Chris Carson. You got Michael Thomas. So I love the foundation of that team. Yep. That's really solid. Um, Let's get into our draft sleepers then. Uh, We won't spend quite as much time on these guys, but uh, we can go through some of them here. I'll get into one of mine first. Justin does not know these yet, so (laughs) he will get to hear them, and we can hear his reaction. My first draft sleeper is carry on Johnson. Um, <laughs> this guy is in our league. He lasted a while. The hype is Deandre Swift carry on Johnson. Not so much carry on. Johnson's going to be the week one starter. I don't expect him to be good later in the season. Deandre Swift will probably take over, but for these first few weeks, carry on Johnson could easily provide you high end RB two value. If they use him correctly, uh, he could also get hurt through the season. So I'm not drafting carry on Johnson as a guy that I'm relying on, but you stash him on your bench. He blows up week one. You easily want to flip him, trade him. It, you know, let's say carry on Johnson blows up and then you can flip him for a guy like, Ooh, a Kareem hunt. If you can flip, maybe a carry on Johnson blows up. You can flip him for a guy like Kareem hunt. Who's going to have season long value. I would love doing that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a very solid pick there. I'd like that sleeper. Uh, so my first sleeper, I'm going to go with uh, Damian Harris of the New England Patriots. I know he's a little bit of a setback. He's had surgery on his pinky. Uh, worst case scenario, he misses week one, and then he's right back, if he even misses week one. So Harris, he's been raved about all training camp long. He's been tearing it up. It's gotten to the point where even Bill Belichick, yes, Bill Belichick is raving about a player. That typically never happens at all. He's been extremely strong as a pass catcher, good pass blocker, uh, as well as running through the tackles. He's been shining in all those areas, and he's – basically carved out a very like prominent role in that running attack there. So I feel really good about him, especially where his ADP currently is. He's currently going around like the 12th or 13th round. So if he's there, and he might even go a little bit later now, 
uh, with the current injury. So if you have that opportunity that late in the draft, I would scoop him up. Uh, say he doesn't pan out for you, if he, if he somehow just doesn't play at all uh, for some unforsaken reason, uh, you can just drop him and pick up someone else. It's a very low risk, high reward guy there. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a good pick. Granted, you know his injury, it's going to sideline him for a bit, uh, possibly. But even if it doesn't. Or even if it does, uh, it's a great player to stash on your bench. That's kind of what these sleepers are. You're not going to be starting them immediately, but these are the types of guys who win you playoff games. 100%. All right, let's get into my next one then. Uh, this is a guy who, he's really, he's a deeper guy, even deeper than Carrion Johnson for me. And this is Matt Breida. Jordan Howard, he's not an elite talent anymore. He's going to get some work, but Matt Breida is going to be in on their passing downs for the Dolphins here. And the Dolphins are going to be losing a lot of their games. Really? Probably all of their games. What oh, is... that's bold. Now, Justin, do you think they're going to play Jordan Howard when they're losing, or do you think they'll play Matt Breida? I'm going to lean Breida slightly. Yeah, you know, Jordan Howard isn't the best pass catcher when you compare him to Matt Breida. So um, Matt Breida should get a ton of playing time. I, I could easily see a scenario where he outsnaps Jordan Howard and even has more touches. Uh, while Howard is most likely going to be the RB1, how, I think Breida is the main guy to have in the backfield. I do have Howard stats on my bench. This is just because Breida is somewhat injury-prone. Jordan Howard could have value in some stances. If you just need to plug in a running back, he might get lucky and get a, you know, a touchdown in the red zone. But Matt Breed is a guy that can easily come in and score you, you know, even if you need like 12 points off the bench, you want to throw him in your flex. Breed could easily have a solid week, similar to James White in the fact that he's not the running back one, but he comes in on passing downs and should see a lot of volume. So Matt Breed is my sleeper. I like it. I like it. That's going really deep there. Yeah. Um, and my next sleeper pick, I'm going to go with Antonio Gibson of, again, the Washington football team. I never thought I would say two Washington football team players. Uh, so you're as... saying the Redskins. Oh, wait. No, ah. the Washington football team. <laughs> you're saying the Washington football team is going to make the Super Bowl. That's what I'm hearing. Uh, not quite saying that. Just saying okay, the playoffs. Maybe they'll win four games at this point. Um but they do have a couple fantasy like relevant players. Uh, I think Antonio Gibson is one of the two there, along with Terry McLaurin. Uh, he's been deemed a Swiss Army knife. Antonio Gibson has uh, extremely versatile out of the backfield, played both wide receiver and running back while at Memphis. Uh, he's there's been multiple multiple reports coming out of camp with just glowing reviews uh, of his pure versatility. They're starting him at running back, uh, which I think is a huge benefit for his fantasy stock because he catches the ball very well out of the backfield. He's going to get that work in the passing game as well as the rushing game. So more fantasy points for you then. So I feel great about uh, his potential there. If he does get that full-time starting job over Adrian Peterson, I think you're going to get an absolute steal because his current ADP is in round 12. So if you're able to scoop him up, you potentially have a high quality starting running back uh, down the second half of your season. It's a great pick. If you guys notice here, one of the core themes with our sleepers is we're getting these running backs that are going to be better second half of the season. This is why they're sleepers. Otherwise, they would be going towards the top of the draft. They're sleepers because people don't expect them to produce right away. Therefore, they're just going to be sitting on the bench. So these are guys that you can easily draft or some of them even pick up in free agency and just stash them on your bench. Let them sit there. 
forget about them, and then when they go off for a week, you could throw them in your lineup. Mm-hmm. I'll get into my last sleeper then. Uh, it's actually a quarterback, and most of the time I don't stash uh, a quarterback on my bench. I mostly just stick with one quarterback, whether it's a season-long quarterback or I'm streaming quarterback week to week. But I think one guy that you can stash on your bench is Joe Burrow. The reason why I'm saying this is because he is really, really high upside. I mean, he he's able to run. He's a mobile quarterback with very good options at wide receiver. He has A.J. Green, assuming he can stay healthy. He has Tyler Boyd, who's a good wide receiver, proven to be effective. And he has John Ross. These are three solid wide receivers. They've had some injury problems, but if they can stay healthy, along with Joe Mixon, who I clearly have confidence in, so does Justin, this is going to be a decent offense. Of course they're going to struggle, but Joe Burrow could easily come out and have some fantasy-relevant games. I mean, if they're down in some games, well, their defense is not very good, so the Bengals could easily be struggling, have to come back. Joe Burrow gets some work on the ground. We saw what happens when quarterbacks start to run with Lamar Jackson, Tyrod Taylor in fantasy years. He's been relevant. Cam Newton, all these types of guys. Joe Burrow is going to be a mobile quarterback. Move around the pocket. He'll get it done on the ground. Uh, I don't expect anything crazy for him. Maybe like 30 yards a game, something like that. But even if he can get you a little bit of baseline rushing, I think Burrow could be an extremely good stash if he starts to heat up throughout the year. I, I love the pick there, and you could probably get him extremely late too. So I'm sure. It's, do you know what his current ADP is by any chance? I don't know his current ADP. However, I would bet it is very late. Uh, people aren't expecting very much from Joe Burrow. I mean, they want a lot to happen, but you're not drafting Cincinnati Bengals very often unless they're the stars. So that's very true. Very true. Then uh, my final sleeper. This is actually probably my favorite sleeper of the bunch. Uh, I'm going to go Brian Edwards of the Las Vegas Raiders. Current ADP, round 14 into early round 15. So one of the last rounds of the entire draft. This is a must-get guy for you guys. Uh, he's the, the So the team's number one wide receiver, Tyrell Williams, just went down. He had the torn labrum in his shoulder. Um, and Brian Edwards, he's been an absolute star in training camp. He received a ton of praise from Derek Carr. Uh, from Carr, the quote is, Brian is a very violent route runner. That's a good thing. He's very violent. He's very aggressive in his cuts. He reminds me when the ball is in the air of Devontae Adams. He's great ball skills. Uh, that's a very high praise. Very good comparison uh, for at least Brian Edwards' sake. He, like, I would love to be compared to Devontae Adams. That's a very good compliment to get. People uh, have told me I play like Devontae Adams. I've, I've heard that. I've heard yes. that quite a bit. Yes, you have the exactly. similar build, too. So. Yep. Um, Edwards, he's also received a ton of praise from John Gruden on his ability to learn quickly. So that's great. He's absorbing the playbook very fast. Uh, third round pick out of South Carolina. He is the leader in South Carolina history. He has the most receiving yards and receptions. He has 3,045 yards and 234 receptions. And he is currently third. Uh, at least he finished third right now. Um, in touchdowns uh, with 22 behind only Alshon Jeffrey and Sidney Rice. They both had 23. So right there. Uh, and the only reason he even slid down to the third round is because he had an injury uh, heading into the dra- NFL Combine. So he has that first-round talent. Uh, there were, I think, 14 other wide receivers taken ahead of him in the NFL draft. So he's got a chip on his shoulder there. He wants to go out and prove it. And I, I have extremely high confidence. And I think he can be one of the highest uh, finishing rookie wide receivers out of this entire bunch. So if you're getting him at around 14, around 15, or even undrafted at this point, scoop him up, pick him up, 
keep him on your bench, and when he like starts to shine, you plug him in in your roster. And look, if you guys remember last year, who was the Raider that was hyped up in camp last year? And that was Darren Waller. That's right. And Darren Waller went off and had a great year and is being drafted as the you know fifth tight end off the board this year. So, you know, you could easily have a similar situation here with Brian Edwards. I don't expect him to be a wide receiver one or anything, even a wide receiver two, you know, probably sitting at the low end. But when you're picking him in the 14th or 15th yeah. round, I mean, this is great value that you're getting here. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I, I think I those are great pick. sleepers. Yeah. Do you want to run through the sleepers again, Andrew? Yeah, sure. So Justin's sleepers are Damian Harris for the New England Patriots, Antonio Gibson for the Washington football team, Brian Edwards for the Las Vegas Raiders, and my picks were Carrion Johnson for the Detroit Lions, Matt Breida for the Miami Dolphins, and Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals. Again, just a last note, these aren't guys we're saying to reach on. Don't reach a lot above their current ADP. We like their ADP where it is. Take them around there. Uh, you don't need to reach for these guys. If you want to take them around earlier, that's fine. But just take them where their ADP is, and you'll get great value season long. 100%. Uh, so that's going to just about wrap things up. So next week starts the NFL season, which means it's going to start our regular like a regular style show on the Fantasy Phenoms podcast. We're going to go through our weekly matchup previews. You should start and sit. We're also going to provide you our phenomenal starts of the week. Uh, and if you have any Twitter questions at all, uh, make sure you reach out to us at the FF Phenoms, myself at Justin Herforth, Andrew at Phenom AC, and we'll be sure to answer them on the show. Uh, Andrew, do you have any last remarks for, uh, for everybody? Guys, look forward to Thursday. Uh, we're both really excited. I can't wait. Hopefully, if you guys have your draft coming up, be confident. Draft the players you like. Even if you have a bad draft, if something happens, it doesn't go your way. Uh, you never know what can happen with some of these players. Draft the sleepers. Uh, just have confidence, guys. And uh, overall, fantasy football is fun. Don't get too stressed about it. See, I think put it perfectly there. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to next week. Hope you guys are too. I hope you have great drafts. So uh, I guess until next time, guys, good luck, God bless, and let's get football going. Yeah, stay safe, guys. Later. Later.